You are listening to Retail Asia. My name is Ces de Melanda, and in this episode of the Retail Asia podcast, we are joined by Ed Van Zyl, Senior Director of Incendium Consulting Asia-Pacific, and Sean Lynch, Managing Director of the Incent Group Asia-Pacific. Today's topic is all about flexible workspace trends in Asia for the year 2022 and the future of flexible commercial real estate. Welcome, Ed and Sean. Hello. Good morning, Sis. Morning. Good day to both of you. Thank you so much for making time for us today. So just to start the episode, can you share what the Instant Group and Incendium are and what do you do and offer? Maybe let's begin with Ed. Uh, thank you, Sis. So so Instant is a workplace innovation firm that powers the real estate industry to make smarter workplace decisions. And we do this for all of our customers. Within that, we have advisory, solutioning, delivery, and operations across the entire real estate value chain. And really, our focus is on taking our customers on a journey to more agile and flexible work options. Now let's go to Sean. Yeah, just to add on to it, I mean, basically, Ed has described what the Instant Group do, and and obviously Incendium is part of the Instant Group um, offerings. We have a number of different digital platforms that we have globally. So we have instantoffices.com, um, easyoffices.com, coworker.com. So there's a number of different platforms we have. We also have a virtual office platform called DaVinci. Um, and through those um, digital channels that we have, we generate a significant amount of demand and we have a quite a significant platform. We're the biggest platform globally for flex office space. And in Asia Pacific, um, we're the market leader across across the region for the number of offices that we have on our books and the number of clients that we help service putting those into into flexible office solutions all right now thank you so much for that brief introduction just to make sure that all our listeners fully understand the terms that we will be using today what or how can we say if one is a flexible commercial real estate and why should one consider it for their business well, I think, sis, you know, the world of workplace has changed. And, you know, certainly pre-pandemic, it was changing. But I think we've all experienced that during the pandemic and now in a post-pandemic world, hopefully, people are making different choices about how they work. They want to work in different places. They want to work differently. And the, the reason and the use of space is evolving. And so really, the the imperative to create flexible real estate options for employees, customers, and just occupants in general is, is more important than ever. And so really when we say flexibility, it's, it's the ability to have choice within the real estate industry and whether that is a traditional lease, whether that's a flex office, whether that's more managed outsource solution, whether that really is just a virtual office or work from home, those choices are important and more important than ever. And so when we say flexibility, it's the ability of that employee and customer to make you know, various choices within the real estate value chain. Now that you've mentioned choices, why is there so much choice in flex? Can you give us an idea why um, this exists? Well, I, I think the market has grown significantly. So globally, there are 32,000 um, centers uh, flexible office centers that, that that are out there. The market is growing significantly. And it, it's quite interesting if you look just from a regional perspective, just going around 
the offices of various corporates. Um, I think there's been a, a sort of a, a sea change really during the pandemic and post the pandemic where people have perhaps been a bit reluctant to go back into work. That's a global trend. So we're seeing that also in the US and in parts of the UK and EMEA as well. And I think really what employees are demanding is more flexibility in the way that they work. So it's not necessarily coming to one fixed location. It might be still, they might be going in for anything from, you know, one to three to even up to five days in some cases still into an office, but they want alternative places and options to work. And I think the flexible market industry, flexible industry uh, for workspaces has evolved. So there is lots of choices. We've got something like, um, you know, the, the, these all of the different centers. You've got WeWork, you've got IWG centers, you've got JustCo, you've got the executive centers. That they're all offering different choice within the flexible workspace sector for what clients are looking for. You know, so they've got different variations on a theme. Um, but I think the industry is changing and, and it's significantly growing as we come out of the pandemic and move into the new normal. Would have to agree with you um, on that one. We are really seeing a lot of changes, especially during the pandemic. Now, aside from that, can you also name some notable 2022 Asia-Pacific flexible workspace trends that you've seen? And do you think these will also continue by 2023? Yeah, I think, I mean, what we're seeing from our platform, we're seeing the demand for flex growing at about 10% up on pre-pandemic levels. And if you go around the centers that we work with, so all of the platforms that on our platform, all of the centers that we partner with, they're all busy. They're all very busy. Lots of people coming and going and actually using that space flexibly. Supplies diversifying. Um, we've seen 8% growth in 2022 from 2019. And that's offering a much wider solution to the occupier. And demand growth is coming from the growing number of cor corporate occupiers who are leveraging flex to inject agility and choice into their portfolios. And it's basically helping them to mitigate risks. So I think, you know, from another trend perspective, the average occupier size has increased by about 139% since 2019 using these flex spaces. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the average number of um, desks that we have per inquiry through to our website has gone up to around about 12 desks. But we are seeing, it's worth noting, I think, seeing that we're seeing significant demand from larger requirements as well. So anything from up to one to two to 300 plus. And I think we're also seeing... Um, even if you look at the traditional lease um, aspect of what, what, how clients occupy space, we're seeing a difference in terms of what clients are looking for around flexibility in those leases as well and the way in which they're procured. And we're helping them do that through, through our, um, our services and platform that we have. And we are expecting this to continue until, let's say, until next year. Is that correct? Yeah, well, I think, I think, Cess, we expect it to continue. But I think it's okay. worthwhile taking a bit of a step back to say, why are we seeing these trends? And I think, you know, if you look philosophically at how corporates are occupying space at the moment, I think across the world, occupancy sits at 20 to 40%. You know, there are some exceptions. Some corporate occupiers don't occupy their space at all. And some are at very high levels, specifically in a more traditional financial services industries and banks. But across the board, we have a very, very low utilization of traditional space. And we have to ask ourselves why that is the case and why corporates are driving towards more flexible choices, as we said earlier. And I think it's useful to then look at other parts of uh, the industry or certainly other parts of the consumer industry. And if you look at, if you look at how people consume services and experience these days, if you think about 
Netflix, and if you think about Peloton or Airbnb or Uber, these companies have become really, really good at creating desire and demand in their customer base and then fulfilling that desire and demand in a seamless, easy-to-purchase, easy-to-consume manner. And then in addition, if you then look at, you know, other other spaces and places around us, you know, if you look at restaurants and gyms and hotels and big events, they are full. People have come back to those spaces. They are using them. Those providers have had a tough time through the pandemic, but they've been able to adopt and adapt their service to bring people back in. Back to commercial real estate and the traditional corporate office, that's not the case. And so, you know, if you, on the one hand, seeing full gyms and full restaurants, and on the other hand, you see a 20% occupancy in your traditional real estate, you have to make changes. And in order to do that, we need to help our customers, as Sean said, inject agility and flexibility into their portfolios. And we do that across the instant group and certainly Incendium by helping our customers understand what's needed and then giving them the buying choices within the market. And whether that's a virtual office, a flex office, an outsourced managed solution, or even a differently configured traditional lease, you know, that is our job. Our job is to help our customers towards more agility and to give their employees and customers more choice. And the, the, the outcome of that really is to get our spaces better utilized with less wastage, with a lower carbon footprint, and ultimately just doing the right thing by the environment. So it's a, it's a very exciting time to be in the flex environment. And, uh, you know, hopefully, as you've asked, those trends continue because that creates that creates tension in the real estate industry and it helps us utilize our assets better, as I said, for the, for the, for the good of everyone. I, I think it's sort of adding on to that, actually, just in terms of what we're seeing, the, the purpose of the office has shifted. You know, so people pre-pandemic were probably going in, most cases, you know, five days a week and they were going in to do their work. Whereas I think what we're seeing is a shift in people are coming into the office for, and it's becoming much more of a space to come and collaborate and to connect with employees, connect with your colleagues, connect with clients that you're working with. And I think the flexible sector kind of offers offers additional optionality for that. If you want to go and meet someone for a meeting, you, 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 can, you can meet them in a hotel lobby, you, you can meet them in a, in a flexible workspace. Obviously, you can go into your core office as well. But the function and the design of the offices are shifting as well. And we, we've worked with quite a few clients across the region, actually, who are not necessarily taking as much space as they were doing before under a lease, but they're, they're reducing that down. And then they're looking at creating hubs for people to come in and connect, but then providing alternative options for their people to go and work elsewhere to do different things. So the, the, the function and the, the layout and the design is also changing, I would say, as well. You, Ed? I, I agree. I mean, I say so. You know, not to labour the point, but if you uh, look at look at recent research, uh, Leesman just published some research earlier this year that said the average home is supporting employees better than the average office, and so the office has to change. It just isn't responsive to how people work and how they want to work, and so therein lies a significant opportunity. You mentioned really interesting numbers there, and when um. Actually, when Sean mentioned earlier about flexibility and agility, uh, first thing that went to my mind is really 
hotel lobby because this is uh, one of the popular places that people go to for um, work or just meeting friends and all of that. Just they could just come and go. So, which brings me to the question: Will future offices function more like hotel lobbies? Well, yes and no. Um, clearly, there's a need to activate future offices in the traditional workspace to you know tailor the experience to the employee need. And so, you know, we've done uh, recently uh, quite a bit of work with an insurance firm in the Philippines where we've activated the space through that hotel lobby concierge and and community manager concept where we bring together lots and lots of agents in a, in a more compact space, but we service that space with great amenities, great food, great uh, digital enablement, meaning great screens and workplace technology. So that certainly has a role to play in getting people into space and using that space effectively. But I think that's not the answer for everyone and for everything. You know, just putting extra amenities and restaurants and, uh, you know, and relaxation spaces and like we saw with Google a few years ago, you know, poop ping pong tables and, and um, you know, foosball tables into space. That just isn't the answer for many corporates because that's not enough to overcome that friction of the commute. Uh, what we need to really focus on is creating a purpose for the workplace. Why am I in the workplace? Why am I there to connect with colleagues, to create new innovative products, to feel supported, to be trained? And so amenities and a great lobby and a great concierge is not the answer uh, in its in its in its uh, you know in isolation it certainly has a role to play but we need to go even deeper and figure out how people work and then tailor the service and the space to that work style so yes part of the answer not the whole answer based on what you are saying i'm imagining that the office model can really go far which brings me again to the question, how far can the office model go and what does the future hold for workspaces given all the, these things? Well, let me let me try and answer that because I don't think anyone has the answer, but we can certainly move towards it. So when we when we talk about space, we talk about home, we talk about client sites, we talk about travel, meaning hotel lobbies and next to the pool. We talk about the metaverse, we talk about club and flex solutions, satellite offices, and so the list goes on, Sis. So how far can the model go? I think the model needs to break free from the constraints of traditional leases and really consider that everywhere and anywhere is a space where work can get done. So the model really is, is, is unlimited. And we as real estate professionals need to really evolve ourselves into understanding our customers and employees and what they need spaces and places for and then tailoring an ecosystem where that work happens effectively. So the future is is bright, but let's not limit ourselves to the traditional lease. Uh, but you know, certainly the traditional lease has its role to play in the future. Uh, there are just so many more options and we need to be able to give our employees those choices. Very interesting points there. Do you have anything else to add, Ed? Well, many things to add in that <laughs> what we're also evolving towards as real estate professionals is the measurement of effectiveness. 
So in the past, it was quite easy. Everyone worked a four or a five day work week. All we had to do was, was divide our people through number of desks and keep that below a certain desk sharing ratio and our job would be done. And we would go look for three-year or five-year or seven-year leases to satisfy that requirement. So that was great. That was the real estate industry. These days, those people we divided by desks are making different choices. And we need to understand what those choices are and how we support that. So, you know, the 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 skills we require in terms of human behavior, in terms of values, in terms of brand, in terms of performance drivers have, ex have, have expanded tremendously. So we as an industry are challenged to evolve. And, uh, you know, those measurements of effectiveness, those measures that matter are, is a developing science. And, you know, very quickly we need to say, is our workplaces and spaces and all the places I just mentioned, are they being effective? Are they giving employees and customers what they need to be productive, to be engaged, to be brand connected? So important in these days of talent attraction and retention. People go to where they feel affinity with the brand, where they can identify with the values, whether that be whether that be you know community and social impact, whether that be environmental impact, whether that be aligning behind a set of goals. The spaces and places we provide have to embody those goals and those values and that means people are attracted and talent is retained so the you know the measures of effectiveness have changed completely it's no longer about cost and space efficiency it's now about all the things i mentioned so truly exciting times this i would have to agree with you so let me go to Sean before we wrap up today's quick discussion. Is there anything else that you'd like to add or maybe are there projects, any plans from both the Instant Group and Incendio that you'd like to share with us today? Yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, I think Ed summarized it quite nicely. I, I think I would add on from my perspective, uh, I think the power has gone back to the employees at the moment. There's a, there's a war on talent. So obviously, you know, lots of change going on in the world, but companies are having to, to sort of take into account if they want to attract the right talent in, they have to provide an experience for the employees and provide optionality. People don't go to work necessarily to just work. They go to connect and do these other things. And I think there has to be that optionality provided and the flexibility provided from the employers. So I think they're having, they're, they're seeing that happen. We're seeing, I think a trend towards, I mean, you talked about the hotel experience. I think what we're seeing it's more of a, an airline lounge type experience, actually, where you've got different zones to do different things. And the connectivity is absolutely key to that. We're working with a number of clients to help them figure this out. As Ed said, there is no sort of cookie cut answer. And I think it really depends on what each client is actually looking to try and achieve from, you know, to make their workspace more attractive and to, and to get talent into their organization. And it's different answers for different corporations. Um, but we're we're definitely seeing an increase in in the um, the demand through our platforms looking for flexible workspace, and we also provide other options for them in terms of um, you know Ed, Ed talked about managed workspaces. So I think the way in which offices are being procured, even if it's a more traditional lease, that's changing too. So you know we're able to help in, in terms of advising what that procurement strategy might look like and what is the purpose and um, what business problem is the workspace trying to solve rather than just, just delivering real estate really. So 
So we're seeing lots of lots of good things happening. We're, we're going through quite a significant expansion across the region, um, and we're excited about what the future holds. Very well said. Thank you so much once again for joining us today, Ed and Sean. It was nice chatting with you both. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Thank you, Sis. Again, those are Ed Van Zyl, Senior Director of Incendium Consulting Asia-Pacific, and Sean Lynch, Managing Director of the Incent Group Asia-Pacific. That's it for today's Real Estate Asia podcast. We will be back with more news, views, and insights from the retail industry soon. This is Sas Dimulanta reporting for Real Estate Asia.